When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about the Batman suit. That's right. It got reviewed last week. Matt Reeves decided to go ahead and leak some footage of what the Batman suit is going to look like with Robert Pattinson as Batman. And I'm going to be talking about that. Stranger Things, Stranger 4, we actually got a little bit of a snippet of Hopper being alive in Russia. I'm going to be talking about that. Then Mark Hamill will voice Skeletor for Netflix's animated show for Masters of the Universe. And then Lucifer might be getting renewed for season six for Netflix. And then Indiana Jones 5 starts production in the summer. Morbius is scheduled for reshoots. And Billy Ellis, is, if I'm butchering the name, I'm sorry. That's just the best that I can actually say her name. But the theme song for 007 has actually been released last week as well. And that theme song is called No Time to Die, which is actually based off of the Daniel Craig 007 movie, No Time to Die. So I'm going to do a review on that. And so before I get into that, let's go ahead and talk about this Batman suit. So, you know, some people were, you know, excited. Some people were iffy about what this suit is going to look like. And for me, on the other hand, I was more excited about what this suit was going to look like. And, you know, despite... The low expectations I have for Robert Pattinson, it does not take away from how I feel about the suit. And here's the thing. With the suit, it reminds me of Arkham. It reminds me of how easy Batman can actually move and how quick he can actually move in that kind of suit. Not only that, but another thing too I want to mention is this. When I saw the first video for it the red and black for me it just didn't work and it's not the fact that everybody was saying well it looks like daredevil or anything like that for me it didn't bring out the suit the way i wanted to for it to actually bring out the suit because i'm all used to the black and gray kind of look of how they actually present a batman type of suit versus doing it in red and black lighting and to me the red and black lighting took away from what i wanted to actually see with the batman suit so I'm glad that Joe Blow did this where they actually leaked some footage of it without the red and black lighting. And I have to say, I really have to say, I really love the suit for Batman. For this Batman movie, this actually shows that forget about the Christopher Nolan movies, forget about the Batflick movie, forget about that. This is its own new thing and they're taking on Batman the way that they want to take on Batman with the universe that they are actually trying to create. And I thought that this is actually a perfect blend of the Arkham video game. And also, too, I think even the Batman symbol might actually might be pieces of the bat, uh, battering mixed in with maybe pieces of the gun that was actually used to, uh, on Bruce's parents. But I have to say, I mean, I really enjoyed the suit. It wasn't bulky. It wasn't where I felt like it was out of place for a bat for Batman or anything like that. I actually have to say it was real a really good suit. Another thing that I have to say about this is the fact that when you're looking at Batman and stuff, you want to be able to make sure that he's able to move comfortably comfortably. He you want him to be able to run fast. You want him to be able to have movement within the suit itself. 
And this suit actually does feel like that he can actually get to someone really fast if he needed to get there fast. And that's the business of being a vigilante. He has to be there at a, uh, at a quick space versus it being bulky where it might actually weigh him down to the point where something chaotic might wind up happening with a villain or the villain is holding a hostage and he might not even get there that fast. But with this suit, it doesn't look bulky. It doesn't look bad or anything like that. I really enjoy seeing the Batman suit in its full detail with the black and white lighting, which is something I was actually um, comfortable with versus the red lighting. Because like I said, it took away from that whole entire effect. At least for me, it did. And it had nothing to do with the fact that it looked like Daredevil or anything like that because clearly this is not a Daredevil suit. It's just that it was done in red and black lighting. And for me, the red and black lighting just didn't work for me. It didn't make the suit stand out the way that I wanted to stand out. And this new lighting that JoeBlow.com decided to go ahead and do, I really have to say, I mean, the suit is fantastic. I'm not sure about Robert Pattinson, but I did see a recent photo of Robert Pattinson and he actually did bulk up. He does have the abs. If you're worried about him not having the abs or anything, and he's actually kind of skinny still or whatever, that's not the case. He has abs now. He's bulked up. And, yes, he's not on the same level as, a, like, a Henry, Henry Cavill kind of look or anything like that. Then, again, Henry Cavill's Superman versus Bruce Wayne, who's actually just a businessman and has some terrible stuff done to him. And he's also Batman. So, of course, his look and physique is going to look a lot different than what you would have with a, with Superman. But I have to say, the look of Robert Pattinson with him being bulked up and everything is actually pretty cool. I like the fact that, you know, he dedicated himself to putting his body into that physique to where we are actually used to having Batman and Bruce Wayne look in the part for that role. But... As for the acting ability and stuff like that, that's actually another thing. I'm still having low expectations for Robert Pattinson. I'm thinking that he's going to wow me because usually when I have low expectations, sometimes it actually works for me because then my mind can actually change from having that low expectation to the point when I see the movie and I wind up thinking that this the movie is really good. Like I said, with Edge of Tomorrow, that winded up being for me where it did a whole entire turnaround for Tom Cruise with that movie, because I was thinking he was going to be this big, tough guy. I'm going to go and take down some aliens. And then all of a sudden, you get into the movie. All he does is sell weaponized weapons for the military to take down these aliens. And then all of a sudden, it's a whole entire complete turnaround to where he has no choice but to go into war, and he doesn't want to go into war. He's a wimp. And I'm hoping that on this same level, with me having these low expectations that I have, that maybe this might actually do the same thing, where I'm thinking that it's not going to, maybe the dialogue might not actually flow well, maybe some other stuff might actually uh, carry itself well with this movie, to the point where my expectations are actually, those those low expectations are actually gone, because I'm actually watching the movie in its full content, in its context, and I'm able to enjoy it because of the performance that Robert Pattinson is actually giving us. And that's what I'm hoping for with this movie. But, hey, tell me what you guys think. Did you guys like the Batman suit? Tell me what you d didn't like about the Batman suit. Tell me. I'd like to actually know. Because for me, personally, it actually works. I like the blend with the Arkham 
video game look to it. And I'm hoping that this is actually more of an Arkham kind of feel to it. Because this is going to be like a year one kind of Batman. So, you know, I'm actually excited to actually see what Matt Reeves has next for for us. As far as teasing us with some new footage. Maybe we might actually get to see Colin Farrell as Penguin. Maybe we might actually see some other stuff. But hey, for a Batman suit, it's got my approval. Not like it needs my approval anyways. But... Even if the suit didn't even look that good, it's not going to take away from from anything anyways. Because the job of a, of an actor is to give the best performance from his for his director and for his audience. And a Batman suit, good or bad, is not going to take away from that. For me, it's not. But, hey, I'm all for this new Batman movie. I'm all for the casting choices. All except my low expectations for Robert Pattinson, of course. But, hey... Like I said, let me know what you guys think of the Batman suit. I'm going to have a link to where you guys can, can actually send me in a voicemail and tell me what you guys have to say about that. So, my other thing that I want to talk about is the Stranger Things little snippet that they actually showed us yesterday. And I'm a diehard fan of the first three seasons of Stranger Things. Now, here's the thing. I always said season two was the weakest but season three was the strongest. Season one and season three are the two strongest seasons versus season two. And I'm actually excited to see what they're actually going to do with season four. And of course, I was also sad because of the death of Harper. But then I started realizing something after I watched it. We didn't see a body for Harper at all. If you don't see a body for Harper, 99.9% of the time, that character is still alive. So, if if they don't show us a character sometimes, the character could be alive. Then, it also breaks into Russia, where this is actually me remembering stuff from season three. But, then it shows a guard on the outside of this prison, and he's giving dinner to somebody behind one of those steel wall jail cells, and it was actually Hopper. So now we actually get to see Harper outside in Russia in the snow for season four on the snippet. And it's just get, the studio the studio for Netflix is just reminding us, hey, look, it's OK. Harper's alive. We're actually taking care of the situation of what actually happened to Harper. And I like the fact that, you know, they're giving us a different type of take on streets. Stranger Things, because we're so used to seeing them in that small town community and stuff like that in Hawkins. Now, the character, some of the characters are going to be moving out of Hawkins and into another state, another town, and I cannot wait to see what they actually have in store for Mike and Eleven and everybody else. So, I think it might actually be pretty good to actually see some new stuff versus the same old stuff that we had from the first three seasons. But, all in all, I've, I love seeing uh, Hopper alive. I liked the fact, too, that it actually shows him actually working out in Russia in this prison field type of thing in the snow. And it just goes to show how cruel that the Russians are actually kind of treating him in a certain sense. But all in all, I think that uh, Stranger Things Season 4 is going to be just as good as Season 3. I can't wait to see what else they're going to actually show us. I know that this is not really much to actually go on, but it just makes me feel excited for Stranger Things Season 4. And also to know what kind of journey we're actually going to get with Hopper. What are these kids going to be facing in Season 4? And how much has the characters actually changed since the third season 
of Stranger Things. Because don't forget, we actually got to see a lot of, it of the characters being split away a little bit. Where one, where this one kid, is, Will, he's actually still going with the D&D thing. Where he wants his friends to be like they were back in season one. And that's not the case because they're actually growing up. They want relationships. They want to be with their girlfriends. They're actually splitting away from the pack a little bit. And Will wants to put them still together and forcibly putting them together. And then you also have some other stuff going on with the characters as well. And, you know, I actually like what they did with season three. And season four, I think that we're actually going to get a little bit more of that flavor to where we can actually see how these characters are actually changing. Even when Nona Ryder's character might actually be changing, especially after the events of Hopper. To, I mean, is she going to give up on love? Is she going to be depressed? How many years after this is going to be following after Hopper? How many months? That's what I want to know. But we're just going to wait and see what happens. So now my next thing that I want to talk about... And this is something that I'm really excited about as well, is Netflix's Masters of the Universe. And like I said before, you have to introduce Masters of the Universe into a 2020 audience versus a 1980s audience. Don't forget, us 80 people who are fans of the show in the 80s are already sold. We're already gonna we already know that we're gonna be screaming this thing as soon as it drops. So they have to actually try and introduce the new audience, the new generation, into the world of He-Man, which is actually going to be hard to do because of the fact that some people from this generation, some kids from this generation, is not going to know who He-Man is. It might not even be that successful for the views or anything like that because of the fact that we have this new generation around to where they don't know who he is. They don't know the mythology behind He-Man and Skeletor to the point where they can actually care. So... Having Mark Hamill to voice Skeletor is actually a brilliant thing. Everybody knows who Mark Hamill is. Everybody knows the voice stuff that he does with the Joker and him being Luke in Star Wars and also being in some of the other movies and stuff like that recently. I mean, everybody knows who Mark Hamill is. Everybody loves Mark Hamill. And I think that Mark Hamill, you couldn't get a better actor to play a character like Skeletor. I think he's going to deliver those lines the way that he needs to be delivered. I think he's going to be darker than what we normally see Skeletor actually is for an anime TV series. I think that he's going to bring a whole new level to the character than what we are used to seeing in the 80s and everything and using it as a 2020 kind of vision for this new generation. And like I said, you need to actually introduce the world of He-Man into this world with somebody they actually know. And for them to actually put in Mark Hamill for the voice, that's like that's a good thing. And then, like I mentioned before, he was Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, and then the Kingsman. He played a short role in that as well. So he's well known to the fan community and to the sweaty geek community as well. So you have those things working for Netflix and everything for the Masters of the Universe TV series for the, the uh, animated show. So. I have to say, I'm all for that. I think it's actually an exciting thing to actually know that he's going to be voicing Skeletor. And Skeletor is the most iconic villain in the animated show for He-Man. And then, of course, the mythology behind He-Man and stuff like that. 
I think this is actually a great thing that Netflix is doing. I can't wait to see what else they're going to be giving us. Because I want to know if they're actually going to change up the mythology behind He-Man. Or are they going to keep using the same mythology and everything from the 1980s He-Man. That's another thing too. Because I feel like this. On one side, I'm wondering, are they going to keep that originality the same within the same context that we were all used to and all custom to in the 80s? Or are they going to change the mythology to the point where they're like, okay, look, I understand that you knew He-Man from the 80s. But, and you're older now. But we have to introduce them into a world this way. So therefore, we're going to probably keep some things the same, but keep some things new. So that way we can actually have both audiences uh, both audiences entertained enough to where they can actually care about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and Skeletor. Even though Skeletor is voiced by Mark Hamill, which would actually sell the series... You still have to introduce them into new plot lines. You have to introduce them to into new mythologies. You still have to introduce new audience members into new stuff. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be the same rehash that we actually got from the 1980s Masters of the Universe TV series. Which is something that I really don't want to see rehashed over and over again. I want something new. I want a fresh take on He-Man versus something that we've already seen. Don't get me wrong. Those things work be- best in the 1980s. <clears throat> Excuse me, but they don't really work that well now with the uh, in twenty twenty because nobody can actually compare themselves to He Man. No one can actually compare themselves to anything. And I'm not saying that you should compare yourself to He Man or anything like that. But most people who watch TV shows always compare themselves, always try to relate to them to a character in a certain way to where they say, you know what, this character reminds me of the of myself and everything. And they can actually relate to that character and actually have that continuity with that character and have that relationship with that character. And that's actually something that might wind up happening with the show where they have to change a few things to actually grab, gravitate towards the new audience. Other than that, I'm actually sold on the fact that Mark Hamill is going to be voicing Skeletor. I'm excited for that. And, you know... I think that even with a live adaptation of of the Masters of the Universe movie, I think that's going to be really good as well. I would love to actually see uh, Mark Hamill actually play Skeletor and everything, or maybe just voice voice him as a CGI character or something. But overall, I think that this is actually a smart move on Netflix to actually go ahead and put Mark Hamill in it and Kevin Smith also working on this project. Hey, it's a win-win situation whenever you look at it. So tell me what you guys think about that. <clears throat> now moving on to Lucifer might be renewed for season six. Now, last year, it was announced with JoeBlow.com, ComingSoon.net, ComicBookResources.com, all, the, all those websites announced that season five would be the last season of Lucifer for the streaming services for Netflix, and that would be the end of it. But... Fans, I'm a big fan of Lucifer. I've watched all three seasons. I didn't get to watch season four or five or anything like that. I don't know why. I think I just kind of fell off and everything a little bit. So I might actually go back and watch season four or season five. But as far as the first three seasons go, I really enjoyed watching Lucifer. I really had a ball watching Ellis, um, which is Tom Ellis, um, who's the actor for Lucifer, 
play play the devil and everything. I thought he was menacing. I thought he was hilarious. I thought that he actually did a good job bringing that character to life. And then, of course, CBS was going to go on and cancel it. And then that's why they made the Netflix deal. But fast forward now, last year, um, to last year, I mean, they they decided to go on ahead and say that this is going to be, season five was going to be the last season. And then pe- fans went on ahead and did a petition. Usually petitions don't really mean a matter of jack to studios. Because studios are just going to do whatever they're going to do anyways. And really they just take one look at a petition and throw it away. But some cases, they wind on ahead and they looked at the petition and they said, you know what, maybe there might be some time to grow with this. Maybe maybe we can actually work with something. Maybe we can actually do a season six and make that maybe the last season. Or maybe do two more seasons after season five and have six and seven. Who knows? But bottom line is this. The, mo- the movie gods, the entertainment gods went on ahead and they might be waiting in our favor to actually have Lucifer for another season. And I'm all for the fact that they actually want to have... <clears throat> another season if they actually choose to do so. Right now they're in talks to actually have a Lucifer season six and there's no final discussions or anything like that as of yet. I wouldn't be surprised by this week or maybe next month we might actually have it where it might be official that they are going to in fact renew Lucifer for season six. But for right now it makes us ponder is this actually going to happen? Is the tambalization of it actually going to happen to where we can have a season six? And here's the thing. I'm all for having only five seasons on the show because I feel like when you do anything past five seasons, you become repetitive with that whole entire sh- to a certain show to the point where it's like, okay, we've seen this before. We've seen that before. How many more times is Lucifer going to do this? How many more times is this going to happen? So I don't want it to be where it's repetitiveness or anything like that. I want to see something different if they choose to do so with a season six. <clears throat> but it gives me some hope. It gives me something to actually be excited about with the possibility of them actually renewing for another season if that's going to be if they're right to do so. But we're just going to have to wait and see and wait this thing out to see if we're actually going to get a Lucifer season six. So, are you guys excited about a Lucifer Season 6? Let me know. So, a little news dropped last week as well about Indiana Jones 5 starts production in the summertime with Harrison Ford attached to it. And here's the thing. I would love to see Harrison Ford. I love Harrison Ford to death. I think he's a great actor. I think he's has a great commitment when he does certain roles. I think he's actually a good actor. And like I said, when he commits to a certain role, he commits to it at 100%. And with Indiana Jones 5, the thing is, I would love to see him make a comeback with Indiana Jones. Because here's the thing, the uh, Crystal Skull, the Indiana Jones and the Curse of the Crystal Skull, let's just put it on the, let's just put all the facts on the table. That movie was not that great at all. The dialogue, the flow, everything else just didn't work. And I would love to see him redeem himself one more time as Indiana Jones and then pass the reins off to somebody else, maybe Chris Pratt or whatever. But everybody's like, well, he's too old. Yeah, I, I know. I know he's too old. I get that and stuff like that. 
But, you know, for me, I'm just rooting for him to make one more Indiana Jones movie and then pass the reins off to somebody else. And that'll be it. But in Indiana Jones 5, I don't know what they can actually do with it. I do would lo- I would love to see them fight Nazis again, start off where the original movies actually started from versus what they did with the Crystal Skull. But Indiana Jones 5 actually excites me. I'm a huge fan of Indiana Jones, 5, Indiana Jones franchises and stuff like that. And I like Harrison Ford as an actor. I liked him in that... In that George Hornet movie, with uh, where they're both cops, I liked him in in Indiana Jones, Han Solo. I liked him in several other movies, apart from the Star Wars movies and stuff like that. So him being in this new Indiana Jones movie in the first production, I say go on ahead, let him do one more movie if he thinks that he is actually capable of doing it, and then pass it on to someone else to where they can actually focus on maybe bringing someone younger to where they can reboot this franchise into the right direction they actually need to go in. And there's only so much that Harrison Ford can actually do now with the age that he actually is. But if he's thinking that he can actually do it, then why not? Let him try and do it. He knows what his body is capable of. He knows what he can actually do. We know He knows his body then more than we do and everything. And for us to criticize him and say, well, he's too old to be doing something... Just because that we think that he's too old doesn't mean that he feels like that he's too old. He knows where how much he can actually push his body. How he knows the physical physical physicality of what he has to do when he's doing an Indiana Jones movie. He knows the character. He knows the build. He knows what to do. So I'm all for him actually doing it one more time and maybe passing it on to someone else, like I said before. So we're just gonna. Ha- so what I want to do is I want to go on ahead and see what this Indiana Jones Five is actually gonna look like, what this plot is gonna look like, and I'm excited to actually see see this movie. So now I'm gonna move on to Morbius. Now, as everybody knows, I'm a huge fan of Morbius. I'm a huge fan of Jared Leto. I like Jared Leto, despite what anybody else might think or feel about him as Joker. There was not enough screen time for Joker. And there was a bunch of reshoots. As a matter of fact, Morbius is actually going to go through some reshoots. But the plus side to this is, is the fact that this is not as this is not bad news. This is not bad news because every single movie goes through reshoots. Their budget is actually carried through for them to do reshoots. So for them to do reshoots and everything else is perfectly normal. That doesn't make me nervous. And then another positive thing is there's no negativity surrounding the Morbius movie at all compared to what Suicide Squad was or anything like that. So that's another positive for me is the fact that, you know, this Morbius movie, yes, it's going to have reshoots, but I'm thinking that there's something that they're actually going to do with Jared Leto to where they can say, okay, Jared, you can actually expand a little bit more screen time with this scene. So we need you to drag so we can actually drag out this scene in the way that it needs to be dragged out in and actually care about this scene because of the fact that it actually is gonna gravitate towards what you're doing with this movie and we need you to be in this scene. Or it could be special effects, it could be anything <clears throat> surrounding with Jared Leto. But as far as the negativity goes or anything like that, there's no negativity for this film. This film is only five months away and it's getting some reshoots. Matter of fact, 
maybe a couple of days before Thor Ragnarok came out, they actually did one extra scene with Tom Hiddleston, which I think would be the part with Odin, where he winds up taking the transformation of Odin, and of course, uh, Thor comes back, Loki's on the throne, really it's not Loki, but it's actually, well, he thinks it's Odin that's on the throne, but really it's Loki, and that was the whole entire scene that they actually shot. So, this could be the same scenario with with Morbius. And not only that, but if you go and watch, well, not watch, but if you check out the first three comic books of Morbius, I think you guys are going to actually like those comics and everything. Because here's the thing, I'm actually enjoying reading these Morbius comics. And I've also been a fan of Morbius way before the Morbius movie was even announced. And way before any of that actually happened. As a matter of fact, Morbius was supposed to be in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man thing. And then they decided to do Mysterio instead. Which didn't make any sense to me. Because I'd rather have seen Morbius. But I'm actually happy to actually see Morbius in his own movie. To where we can actually get the feel for Morbius. And where he comes from. His origin story. And everything else. But as far as the reshoots go and stuff like that. You know, I don't think we have anything to worry about. I think that this movie's going to be fantastic. I think that they did a great job casting Jared Leto as, as Morbius. I think that the slow transformation of Morbius is going to be good. And then, of course, the reshoots and stuff doesn't even scare me at all because no negativity surrounding on the set or anything like that. And, of course, you know, I think that having a great actor like Jared Leto is actually going to expand the Morbius character. So tell me what you guys think about that. So now I'm dropping down to Billy Eilish's theme song, No Time to Die, is the theme song for our 007, No Time to Die. I wouldn't, here's the thing, I don't get the level of hate that she got before they even, people even heard the song. They already, here's the thing, people judge things before they could even hear or listen to something. And that just drives me nuts. And I get the fact that it's the whole persona of the internet and stuff like that, and that's what the internet is. But come on, guys. Really, we should be really better than that. Or you guys should be better than that. Listen, instead of judging something before you can hear it or watch it, you shouldn't be doing that. You Go on ahead, listen to what it is, and then judge it that way. Or watch it, here's the thing, watch it and see what you guys actually think about something. If you're watching a movie or anything. But as far as the Billy Eilish song theme song goes, I thought it felt very Jane Bond Bondish and everything. I felt like, you know, whenever artists does in fact do James Bond theme songs, they take a step back from their genre music and they focus in on what the actual theme itself is on with the theme, with James Bond. And it has to have that classic James Bond kind of feel to it, that texture to it, to where we actually know this is a James Bond theme song. This is somebody that, this is actually going to be my step away from this my own genre. And I'm going to go on ahead and do the James Bond theme the way that it needs to be done. And maybe add a little bit of, maybe a little bit of flavor of what I do, but not much. And fill it in with... And mesh the two together and see how it comes out. And I gotta say, the Billy Eilish's theme song is actually good. It has that darkness to it, that feel to it, that slowness to it. It even has the little horns and everything else in the instrumentals. And even has the uh, James Bond theme song as well. If you actually pay close attention to it, there is a little bit of a nod to the James Bond. 
theme song whenever he's the opening credits are and he shoots the gun and that's actually pretty cool that they uh actually incorporated that because that's something that I really wanted to actually see if they were actually going to do Billy Eilish did the theme song justice in my own honest opinion and I think that, you know, this new James Bond movie is going to be really good. Billy Ellis actually brings a lot to the table when it comes down to the theme song. And it gets me excited to actually see and hear her, well, not see her, but actually in my mind, I can actually see the opening theme song and her singing this theme song. And it feels like a James Bond movie. As long as it feels like a James Bond movie and doesn't feel like a Billy Ellis song, where she's actually um, doing something from her own genre, and she separates and stuff like that, I'm okay with it. But if it's just another Billy Relish song and stuff like that that's within her own genre to where she actually feels safe versus something that's doing something risky like putting a James Bond theme song into what she's doing, you know, I think that would have been a bad move to do if you went on ahead and not do something risky and just putting your own themes into it and doesn't even feel like a James Bond theme. But with this, it feels like a James Bond theme. It feels like everything that we want for a James Bond theme. Everything feels really good. So, that's my whole entire take on the news that came out last week and stuff like that. Oh yeah, another thing too that I wanted to actually talk about and everything too was Emilio Estevez has officially been cast as Coach Bombay now. And that's actually part of the Mighty Ducks TV series. And let me just tell you this. You cannot have you uh, have anybody else to play that Coach Bombay character. Don't get me wrong. I I know that character actors can actually be replaced. I know I know that, but him and Rick Moranis, those with Wayne Selinski and Coach Bombay, those characters cannot be touched by somebody else. In my opinion, I feel like Coach Bombay was one of the best things about the Mighty Duck movie. And stuff like that, how you have this guy, lawyer who's actually a drunk, and then he winds up having to do some type of public service to where he actually has to coach this uh, league uh, misfits and try and get them on track. At the same time, they're actually helping him get on track and and help with his own alcoholism in his own selfish ways. And to have Coach Bombay back in this new Mighty Ducks TV series, it brings a smile to my face. I'm actually excited to actually see what they're going to do with this, especially when they're introducing new characters. Even cameos are going to be welcomed in this uh, in this TV show as well. I just feel bad for Goldberg, the actor who plays Goldberg, because of the fact that he's actually is, in fact, going through a lot of drug addiction problems to the point where he's almost dying, just about. If you see his photo, it looks really bad. And here's the thing. Making fun of somebody that actually has a drug addiction or a drinking addiction is not the right thing to do. It makes you look like an asshole. And I'm going to be honest with you. My uncle was actually someone that suffered from drug abuse and everything. And he actually had to get... He, as a matter of fact, he got arrested. But he came out sober out of all of it and then found love. And then before he died... He was married. He had the life that he wanted, finally. He was actually happy. And you know what? Anybody can actually come out of something and stuff like that. And it's, drug addiction is the most hard. I'm going to be honest with you. It's really rough to actually see someone suffer through drug addiction and alcoholism and whatever addiction that you actually have. 
And don't ever make fun of somebody that's actually suffering over that because of the fact that, you know, people all have their own issues and stuff, but you shouldn't be making fun of somebody that has an addiction. Instead of making fun of them, help grow them, help them lift them up and everything. Tell them, look, you can do this. You're stronger than this. You don't need that. I'm going to help you through this situation that you actually are. Go to AA meetings with them. Do anything that you can for them. And that's what I feel like that Goldberg, the actor from Old Goldberg, needs right now. He doesn't need negativity to the point where he's, we already know he's damaged. We already know that he's not looking good. But that doesn't give anyone an excuse to actually put him down even more, down the rabbit hole or anything like that. Lift him up. Tell him that, hey, he can beat this addiction. Tell him that, you know, you know that he's struggling and everything, but... You know, you can get yourself out of this situation and everything. And then he needs to seek help because it's not good. But that's just how I honestly feel about this whole entire thing with Goldberg. But Goldberg was actually one of my favorite uh, characters in the movie. He played the goalie. But there was other characters too, like Kenan Thompson, who winds up doing the knuckle puck. There was like Julie the Cat. There was a bunch of other characters that I really enjoyed. And even... uh. Uh, Elberman was actually one of my other favorite ones because he actually reminds me of myself doing impressions, doing certain things, kind of watch too much TV. He he actually felt the bill for me as well. So I would like to actually know, who's your favorite Mighty Ducks character? What do you think of, of Emilio Estevez returning as Coach Bombay? And you know what? I can't do this without saying, Emilio! That's right. That's just a little thing from Night of the Roxbury. I just had to put that out there because every single time I hear his name, I just have to do it. So, tell me what you guys think about the Batman suit. Let me know what you guys think about Stranger Things, Hopper being alive in Russia, and Mark Hamill will be voicing Skeletor, Lucifer Season 6 possibly being open for Netflix as well. Indiana Jones 5 starts production in the summer and Morbius reshoots. Tell me what you guys think about all of this stuff. Tell me what you guys have to I would love to know what you guys have to say. Another thing too is go on ahead and subscribe to this channel because I'm going to be doing more content in a couple of days as well. I know it's been kind of spotty but it's just because of my work related stuff and things like that that's actually slowing my process down on the way I want to do things. But I think after things get settled in and everything, I think I'm going to be able to do a lot more for this channel like I was doing before. But anyways, go ahead and subscribe. Share this episode. Tell me what you guys have to uh, say about it. And send me in a couple of voicemails because I like to actually know what you guys have to say. And until next time, bye-bye.